Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. I don't know how many of us have been waiting for holographic technology to hit our television sets, our movie theaters, possible educational institutions. I've been interested in this for a long, long time. This month in Nature, there was a article about a breakthrough out of the University of Arizona College of Optical Sciences. We have here expert Dr. Pierre Alexandre Blanche, who's joining us to explain what a hologram is, how far the technology has developed, and to answer many questions I have about the many uses of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Dr. Pierre Alexandre Blanche to its rainmaking time. Good day. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for being here. That's my pleasure. I think the first thing we should do is have you explain to the audience what is a hologram. A hologram is the diffraction of the light by a structure to reproduce an image or a scene. So it's it's quite easy. Uh, you need to record uh, something, the hologram itself, into a material. And then the second part of the, the hologram is replaying that something that's the diffraction of the light to see the object. Now, I've heard that holograms also can have sound. Oh, no, 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 I don't think so. That was certainly a misconception. You can have sound played with the hologram, but uh, not, as you say, the hologram sound. So you can do hologram with sound. Explain what you mean by that, what the distinction is. Uh, Sound waves are like uh, the light wave, and you can make them interfere and have and record that interference pattern and then replay it with with a sound but you won't see an image out of it it's uh it's mostly a technique not really of any use i know how did you become interested in holographic technology well i did my uh, my phd in optics and holography to characterize material and uh, and I pursued this uh, um, this career furthermore and had different projects. And one of the, the last projects I'm working on is that holographic 3D TV. We're all waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We yeah. are so, a lot of people are so excited around the world. Let me tell you how pervasive it is. There was a conference that was given introducing the possibility of voting through electronic voting and they were trying to galvanize people to vote more and so jim rogers who's a commodities expert and guru an investment guru flew to santa monica california and the gentleman that was speaking was so excited about holographic technology he was saying and your televisions are going to be a hologram we're not going to have televisions like we have now do you know how exciting this is and i was thinking where did he get this information well, I hope you get this information uh, with, with our research project. That would be awesome. <laughs> Talk a little bit about your project. Basically, what you're doing, to my understanding, is you're showing the possibility of a full-color, rewritable, holographic 3D display and television. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, I will. I will not mention television at this point because we are quite far of that and uh, we cannot have the the 30 hertz video rate but uh, everything you previously said is is totally correct so uh, usually the hologram are static piece of art you can look at it on a different aspect and they are very nice but 
they cannot be refreshed once they are print, they are print forever. Uh, what we bring here, and really the core of our research, is a very new material where we can write the hologram, erase it, refresh it, and uh, the refresh rate is, is now 2.7. So it's a 100-time improvement considering our last uh, paper in 2008. What is this telling us about what's really possible? What does this mean to you who've been in this a long time? We move from static to uh, four-minute refreshing rate. It was in 2008. And now two years after, we improved that by a factor 100. And what does that mean is in two years, if we uh, can uh, keep up that pace and have another factor 100, we will be Viderate. And Viderate is what everybody is waiting for, for having a 3D TV. So maybe, and uh, nobody knows, but we are working hard on that, that in two years we will have that holographic 3D TV. Have you ever heard of Ray Kurzweil? No, unfortunately One of the great not. inventors of our time. It's at Kurzweil.com. He's invented, I don't know, maybe 600 different technologies for everything related to technology. I think he would be very interested in this technology. I know that holographic technology and projectors are used in the military-industrial complex, which we spoke about a little bit earlier. Why do you think that holographic technology, for example, there's this educational side, there's television side, there's the ability to have like live entertainment. Richard Branson, remember he had a holographic image of himself presented? I don't know if you know that, but he did a speech several years back and his image was beamed to audiences around the world. It was fascinating. Absolutely. And there's, there's a lot of technology that allow you that. Uh, unfortunately, they, they often refer to holography while they do not have anything to do with the scientific term holography. And uh, if you remember also, Gorillaz and Madonna had a show together on scene, live on scene, uh, where that was said to be holographic projection of the, uh, the show. Of performance. But th there's nothing to do with holography. That was not even 3D. But so the effect is really superb and, uh, and dramatic. So what I'm hearing you say is that a lot of the entertainment shows or presentations that we think as the public is holographic technology isn't? It's isn't. something else? Absolutely. Yeah, the there is nothing to do with holography with the show, unfortunately. Let me see if I understand the details. So let's say that you're doing a presentation explaining holographic technology and you're in a room and your physical image pops up in another audience. You're saying that that's not holographic technology? That could be done by something else? Well, not necessarily. Uh, that could be holography, but that could not be. Uh, There's different techniques around that allow that. I have a patent I'm looking at. The Army Research and Develop a Budget Item Justification of Applied Research, the company. And they use holographic techniques, materials, and processes to support the development of visual and infrared deception system modules. They also have planned programs with holographic techniques. In terms of the military, how developed do you think this is? Oh, I mean, holograms are everywhere. Uh, they are on your credit card. Uh, 
but there is also uh, holographic setup display that are on very high end and expensive automobiles. Uh, there, there is a lot of holographic techniques used uh, to certify material, for, for example, carbon fiber, uh, even tire in the aeronautic, uh, aeronautic industry are certified through holography. So holography is a technique and it is widely used. Maybe the, uh, the common public don't know about that, but we scientists know that this is part of the optics and this is part of how light can be manipulated and uh, we use it. For example, here at the University of Arizona, uh, we are testing and manufacturing telescopes. Well, we are also using hologram to certify telescopes. Hubble was certified with hologram too. Wow. I know that NASA has also investments and in patents in holographic technology. There's a company called Total Immersion, I-M-M-E-R-S-I-O-N, and they're a global leader in augmented reality solutions. When you say augmented reality, is that the same thing as holograms? Well, once again, uh, uh, immersion and augmented reality can be done several ways. And hologram certainly play its part into that, uh, into that field. And uh, possibilities are very, very wide open right now. We are just experimenting with those techniques. So uh, you can have augmented uh, reality with goggles or with hologram and without goggles, I will, uh, the future will say which approach could be the best. How far do you think we are from being able to have 3D television? Gut instinct. Yeah, 3D television is quite far. I will say it's at least 15 years. That long? But <laughs> yes, that long. Unfortunately, uh, 3D holographic. Uh, we we still have those 3D television where you need to wear uh, glasses, and they are very, some are very nice. But based on our research, we don't think we can have a consumer market product uh, at least than 15 years. So we think that we can have application for very specific demand like hospital and uh, medical imaging, or as we refer uh, earlier to uh, the militaries or advertisement, that we think we can come up with something within two years. Didn't I read that you do have a application for telepresence using holographic technology already developed? Is that true? That is true. We demonstrate telepresent for the first time with uh, holographic photorefractive material, which is uh, which is which was very nice. But we still have a refreshing rate of two seven, which is a bit slow for a real application. So the first next step, next big step we need uh, to make is demonstrating uh, video rate and the thirty hertz of TV. Explain to the audience, if you would, Pierre, about the refresh rate. What does that mean relative to what we as an audience would be looking at or seeing? Okay, so the refresh rate is the speed at which the image can be changed. And right now, it takes two seconds to write a new image each time into the material. So uh, imagine you can imagine your TV at a very, very slow motion pace. 
like uh, the the very slow uh, forward on your DVD player. So you see the the people moving, but every two seconds only it changed the the position. So. The medical and hospital applications are really important. How are you seeing them being utilized? Well, in in medical application and in hospital, they already gathered the data in 3D with some instrument. I am thinking of scanner and uh, tomography, MRI. Uh, those instruments are taking the image in 3D but the surgeon still looking at the image in 2D on a flat screen monitor. So we think that our, uh, our research can really bring something new there because we can print the image in 3D and refresh it when uh, you need to look at different patients or different parts of, uh, of the same patient. So now the, the surgeon, instead of looking at slices of the organ can really look at the full 3D aspect of the organ and uh, by changing his position and moving his head around, he will see different perspectives and maybe find the best way to make the operation. This sounds like this would surpass the MRIs. It would go beyond everything we have right now. Well, actually, it's a complementary technique because our, uh, our display won't take the picture like the MRI. The MRI takes really the picture and then send it to a display. Our display will replace, we hope, the, the flat uh, 2D display. Wow. You also see this used in entertainment, don't you, as well? Absolutely. But... To, to access this market, this entertainment market, we really need to uh, demonstrate video rate. And I, I, will, I will explain you why we are really excited about entertainment. Since our holographic 3D display can show different aspects of the scene depending where you're looking at, well, you can imagine a game where objects are hidden around corner, and you will only see them if you move around the, the, the display. So you can find new places, new character this way, and that really will revolutionize the way uh, video games are made. I can see this in amusement parks, too. Oh, absolutely. I can see that in an amusement park, too. <laughs> 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 I will I will be delighted as my children. I saw Toy Story in 3D with those glasses they give you when you go into the theater. That was so amazing. That changed the whole film. Absolutely. And and I do agree with you. The 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 new 3D uh, theater are really really good now. Uh but they only offer one perspective. And you need those glasses or 3D display do not require any glasses first. And plus, if you move in the theater, that's not allowed now, but you can imagine in the future, if you move in the theater, you will experience different uh, aspects of the movie. See maybe character that was not there in another location. That's really exciting. It's almost like being on the set. <laughs> and uh, that is what hologram is all about. Is there a race to master this technology, do you think? Uh, absolutely. There is, there is different companies taking different approaches to uh, 
uh, to display 3D images. And uh, we are very well aware of what's going on around the world about uh, those technology. But what is really unique in, in our case is the material. We are using uh, a photorefractive polymer, which is a, a plastic, uh, to record our images. And we are the only one in the world having such a material. Other approach are very interesting also, and uh, uh, electronic holographic, for example, using uh, micro mirror array and uh, liquid crystal display and things like that are also emerging, and that's very, very interesting. That really shows how, how much humans are meant to look in 3D and not just in flat screen 2D display. Who do you think is going to be the front runner to oh, to that, get there I, first? Who do you think? <laughs> I know that um, you want the University of Arizona College of Optical Sciences and yourself and your colleagues to be there first. And it sounds like in using the photorefractive materials, you are. So uh, seeing in the future is always very difficult. And uh, that is why science uh, is looking at different paths to... Uh, to make the same the same application in this case 3D display uh, we never know and I cannot predict any guarantee or uh, any insight about that we are working very hard on our application and uh, on our specificity with that material but should I know I will I will uh, immediately buy bonds of the company developing the application. <laughs> this is a very exciting and yet it's also a very disruptive technology. Disruptive. Do you agree or do you disagree? It is very disruptive because nothing else has been presented uh, so far. Uh, as I said earlier, hologram used to be those static image, very nice, very colorful for some but always static. And now, for the first time, we can record, refresh, and uh, rewrite new images. Pierre, how much do you think that filing patents on this technology as it develops is going to be critical to secure a group's place or a person's place in this field? Well, we are certainly considering that, and we already feel uh, patent about uh, the material and the technique. Uh, we are we are serious about that. The University of Arizona is very serious about that. And uh, but as a college and as a university, we also would like to disseminate the information, and that's why we are not keeping any anything uh, secret and publishing paper in uh, international journals. I think that's great that you share the information. There's definitely a big race for this, and we all understand why. What else is on your plate relative to your focus on holographic technology? What other kind of things are you looking at to make it happen? So one of the applications I, I, can, I can tell you and, and kind of reveal is a tabletop display where all the, the optics is beneath the, the desk and you won't see it, and people can roam around the, the display, 360-degree angle of view, and see the object popping out of the, uh, 
the horizontal plane. That that I think will be very appealing too because um, you will be in a room, you won't see the optics, and uh, and you can move around and see different aspects of the the object. Are you envisioning this for a educational or a entertainment application? Um, entertainment will require video rate, and we won't be demonstrating video rate quite soon. This display should be around in, uh, let's say, six months to a, a year. It will be slow refreshing, but I think this Gonna gonna be quite close to a commercial system for hospital or uh, military system. Wow, are there people commercially who are waiting for you to get it to that point? Well, one of our sponsors is the U.S. Air Force, so yes, they are waiting for deliverable and uh, are looking very closely at our research. How would the U.S. Air Force use this particular tabletop application? For example, well, they already gather terrain maps and information, intelligent information in 3D, thanks to synthetic aperture radar or uh, device like this. So, what they really would like is display the map in 3D, and that's something we can do. So, they are very interested with a system where the maps can be refreshed as new intelligence are coming, and uh, that's what we promise. That's exciting. That's very, very exciting. I heard that the military can use holographic technology to change the look of an area. I think that can be uh, applied in the radar uh, industry, but not in the visual visual, uh, wavelength right now. But I'm not too familiar with that. That sounds pretty way out there. (laughs) But, you know, there's a lot of things that are developed. Our top-level military industrial complex has technologies that are way advanced that we don't get access to. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was way more advanced for those applications than what we're dealing with, you know, in day-to-day life. But um, don't uh, don't get uh, too much credit to the the military uh, laboratory. Well, they are very good. Don't get me wrong. But and they are sometimes hiding uh, research, but they are also financing a lot of the university development. And if that technology was already in their possession, thanks to uh, the lab they got, well, they won't put that much money in in the university. So yes, they have certainly technology that we don't know about. But uh, in our specific field of holographic 3D display, we don't think they are uh, so advanced that we don't know about. Very interesting. What is the nanostructuring and nanoparticles for optics and photonics? What is your work relative to that? I see it on your website. Well, actually, we are using nanocomposite uh, into our material. One of the the composites we are using into the plastic. It's called the sensitizer, and uh, it is an engineered uh, C60 particle. So C60, those uh, uh, football molecule with 60 atoms of carbon, uh, we are using those, and this is nano nanoparticle. 
What is your vision for yourself in this field? Is there a certain manifestation you're looking to have happen? One of them is 3D video rate, correct? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay, that's the big one. What else? That's huge. We need we need to combine everything we have uh, demonstrated for that nature article. We need to combine them all together to uh, make a display that will be full products, full color, two-second refreshing rate, and uh, and even faster, and also have a big screen. So right now we have demonstrated a 17-inch uh, diagonal screen, but we want to tile those uh, together to have an even larger screen. Imagine a screen human size. That would be that would be awesome. I think <laughs> that would be awesome. What do you think about the Russians or the Japanese and everybody getting together at conferences for holographic technology? Are there such conferences? Oh, yeah, and there's plenty around. I've been to, to China recently. Uh, I've been to, uh, to California also. But there is such a conference, and uh, we, are, we are in the academics. We share the knowledge and are very open mind and willing to uh, to discuss with other people on other technology and try to understand, well, which one is the best for a certain type of application. And we don't, we don't, we like competition. That's all about it. We don't feel competition. That's great. Space instrumentation is also one of your interests. Give an example of holographic technologies contribution to space instrumentation. Okay. So one of the, the examples that came to my mind is uh, spectrometer. I don't know if, uh, if I'm still in the, in the Lehman uh, dialogue here, but spectrometer uh, is to analyze the different wavelength of uh, the light. And you can do that with star to determine what kind of star you get. And if you are looking at an exoplanet, for example, you can even determine if uh, it got atmosphere and if it got oxygen in the atmosphere, which is the fingerprint of life. So that's really, really exciting. Uh, so back to the instrument, a spectrometer has a prism, for example, to disperse light, like, uh, like a rainbow, okay? Yes. That prism can be replaced by an holographic optical element that scatter line and uh, diffract light in its different composite. So instead of having a bulk uh, piece of glass like a prism, you can know something very thin, an hologram, and that has an efficiency superior to a prism. So you can replace those with, uh, with hologram, and that's one of the aspects. Uh, actually, I work on the development of such a, such element for grounded uh, telescope, and uh, and scientists were astronomers were very excited about that new technology. Now we can uh, think about putting those into spacecraft to have an even better view of the the stars and uh, exoplanets. How long were you living in Belgium before you came to the United States? Well, actually, I got my uh, my graduation in Belgium and my PhD also, and I came in uh, in the United States for my postdoc, and then uh, followed the uh, followed the path, and I, I'm still there.
your area of expertise is really specialized, like you can't really talk about it with just anybody because it's an area that's very specialized. At least it's not classified. <laughs> that's true. But, uh, but I mean, it's not something you can easily talk about with the average person. Well, that's what is really uh, fantastic with that project. I can talk with my friends that do not know too much about science and say, well, I'm working on a 3D display. I say, oh, wow, like those new TV? I say, well, it's qu quite different because uh, you, don't, you don't need those glasses. And when you move in front of your screen, you see different aspects of the image. And I think everybody can understand that. Everybody would like to have one in, uh, in his living room. And uh, so everybody's telling me, well, work harder because we want one in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that it's possible that there be another breakthrough in science that allows the speed of that development to happen? I know you said originally it's maybe 15 years out, but maybe there's some piece of knowledge that will allow the breakthrough to happen quicker. Well, I, I need to be cautious, and uh, yes. that's why I, I say 15 years. But we are, we are planning our next move, and we, we know exactly what kind of technology needs to be developed. We need certainly a fast Per, uh, laser, like a, a kilohertz laser that exists uh, and uh, may require some development, but uh, we are pretty sure the technology exists. We also need to uh, once again improve the material characteristic, but I mean, we are not in a dark room here. We right. know exactly which path we need to follow and uh, and we are following it. So yes, there is Still, some technology te technology challenge uh, to be uh, to be discovered ahead of us, but uh, you know the direction. You know the direction. We at least know the direction. You are totally right. That's exciting. That's really really exciting. Talk a little bit about photonics, if you would. It's a fascinating area. Oh, it is. And and a lot of transformation are now coming uh, thanks to, to photonics. Uh, fiber optics like 20 years ago, were, that, that was a dream. And now it's, it's nearly in every, uh, in every telecommunication. But uh, what the, the, compu the optical computer, for example, is also something that uh, people are working on and really fascinating. Explain what photonics is, though, to the public, okay, if you would. So you got you got the term electronics that manipulate electron as piece of information. Uh, uh, the term photonics is related to electronics because we replace the electron into photons, and now instead of having your your circuitry that manipulate electrons, it will manipulate photons. And photons are much faster than electrons. So you can have a computer like 10,000 times faster than uh, the fastest computer right now. That would completely revolutionize computing. Absolutely. And not only computing, telecommunication. And I mean, everything, everything up to uh, the laundry machine now has a motherboard and uh, electronic components. So imagine all those uh, things now being much, much, much faster. Very, very exciting. How far along do you think we are to changing, let's say, the computer 
to a photonic computer. Given what you know, the level at what you know, how far do you think we are? Well, it won't happen overnight. I think some of the components will be replaced. And, uh, and for example, some of the chip into the computer can become photonic uh, already right now. And for example, in the telecommunication business, well, I, I, I already mentioned the fiber optics, but you already have routers, for example, or multiplexer that are using photonics. So that's really already in, uh, in the, in the out, of the, out of the lab. I mean, that exists, that work. It will come to the consumer market uh, in, in several years, but uh, it will come, certainly. You have a very exciting job, Pierre. Well, you know, it's it's like every job. Sometimes it's very exciting, and well, sometimes not so exciting. <laughs> but yeah, I I like this job. I like the position, and uh, I make it also very exciting. Is there politics in this field of optical sciences relative to holographic technology? What do you mean by politics? Are there people that are worried about the technology becoming advanced and replacing other technologies? Is there fears from industry leaders that they don't want their technology being replaced? In other words, are the entertainment and the television companies concerned about the development of this? It's not about concern because everybody wants that technology to emerge. It's more about competing uh, technology and which one will emerge. Uh, if, if you are a company and have a certain amount of money, on which, on which technology are you going to put all your, all your money? Or should you split your money but have only half the, the research be done in a certain uh, area? So that, those are the questions. It's not a question about should we or... Uh, we are not we are not in the nuclear business or in the in the genetic business there is pretty much nothing to fear about that technology uh the only question is which one where should we go fantastic very very exciting is there anything else you'd like to share with us today uh welcome i think we already uh, made quite quite a leap, uh, <laughs> quite a leap. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that was that was already a, a lot of bunch of questions, and I, I don't have any other in the top of my no mind. No worries, ladies and gentlemen. We have been listening to learning from Pierre Alexandre Blanche. He is the assistant research professor at the University of Arizona at the College of Optical Sciences. He has been sharing about their breakthrough in the area of holographic technology and also of many of his research interests. You can contact him at the University of Arizona College of Optical Sciences. Pierre, thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome, Kim. That was my pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, Pierre.